0: Welcome. Today, the topic is comparison and comparison is something that we have all been impacted by. And today my guest is my little brother, Steven. And the reason that I invited him is because he is the brother to twin sisters and also has twin daughters. And I thought that he probably had something to say about comparison. So I'm excited to have this conversation with him today. And I want to start out by thinking of 2 Corinthians ten twelve. It says, But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. And that verse alone is pretty profound. How easy is it for us to compare ourselves and to end up on one side or the other? I used to always tell the girls, Sorelle and Lane, When you're comparing yourself, you're either elevating yourself or putting yourself below someone else, and neither is going to achieve a very good result. So Stephen, let's just jump in. Stephen has been kind enough to show up here with no idea what we are going to talk about. And I'm going to even put him on the spot right now and say, does anything come to your mind just right off the bat about comparison and how it impacted you growing up with Autumn and me?
1: First of all, thank you for inviting me onto your podcast today. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> and I'm only here because Lorreen is easy to talk to. And I figured that I will be able to chat without a script since I have no script and I'm a little nervous. So to answer your question, first of all, can I rewind you to that verse? Because I've never thought that there was ever a verse on comparison. What verse is that again?
0: That verse is in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, and Paul is actually defending himself a little bit in this passage. And he starts out by saying, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. And this was in one of the places where he was sort of defending himself against some of the so-called super apostles. If you recall that at all, it's kind yeah. of fascinating because Paul is sort of the super apostle, right?
1: Yeah. So. Okay. That's really cool. And I think that that's kind of when you ask what thoughts come to me immediately about comparison, that little passage prompted me to think of how kind of silly comparison is. Mm-hmm. And in the context of twins, because you mentioned you're a twin, my other sister's a twin, you guys mm-hmm. are my only siblings, so I don't have any single singleton siblings And then my own kids, I have twin daughters, Mm. and um, when they compare each other, it's so funny from an outsider perspective, because it's like, I'm the tall one. Yeah, (laughs) you're five foot four, and you're the tall one. It's just silly for twins to compare themselves. You're both not tall, but you (laughs) consider yourself tall, and you go around in life as tall, but it just kind of... I think it's a little bit of a light on how silly comparisons can be. Totally. And we are um comparing ourselves to each other can be a little bit uh misguiding, I think, sure. and put our confidence in something that may not actually even be true.
0: I think that is so true. And I'm even looking and thinking about how, of course, it's so easy in the church or in our friendships or in life to put that little comparison on top of things, which then creates a story that maybe isn't as empowering for who we are as a unique individual person. And I know Steven uh, knew Autumn and me when we were growing up and I was enslaved to comparison Hmm. really in many ways. And even in my walk, As a Christian, often thinking that there's a right way to do something, if someone's doing something and they're successful, then maybe I should do that, too.
1: Yeah, I think it's typical for twins to get enslaved to comparison because they're being confronted with it all the time. People come, I think, to twins with the best intent Mm -hmm. of really not comparing you, but trying to find ways to contrast you like, Mm. okay, who's the funny one? Who's the tall one? Who's the pretty one? Who's the skinny one? Who's this or who's that? And they're looking for ways to contrast so they can individualize you. But when you're bombarded with that as Mm. a twin, you start to think, oh, I'm not this. I'm not that. But they're just trying to look for a way to distinguish because what if someone came to you and like, oh, you're both blonde. Oh, you're both right. Such a you know, like they, they they just wouldn't seem very observant. That's right? so true.
0: That's interesting, Stephen, because it's almost like in our attempts to create value for one person, somehow the other person is diminished when that yeah. is not the original intent. Yep. And I'm even thinking right now with some of the things in my life where I have gotten labeled hmm. in whatever manner, and it can seem diminishing because it does put us into a category, but in other people's perspectives, it is something that is positive. I don't think I'd ever thought about it like that. I just always, having been a twin, I've just always gotten irritated when people want to label or categorize me because I feel like that has been my lot in life, if you will. And I just want to say, wait.
1: Yeah. I think advice to twins would be accept the fact that people are trying to find ways to distinguish you, and so any way you think your twin is better or worse or whatever, remember people are just looking for ways to identify you, and so the 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 way to respond then as a twin is to maybe ask that question back rather than try to shut it down, say mm um, ask a question about them with their siblings, like which one of you does such and such, or which one of you is the reader or which one of you is the athletic one, you know, and just kind of get to know the other person back right at them rather than feeling like you're being analyzed or like you're being compared or like you're being diminished in some way.
0: So you're not a twin, obviously. Do you feel like people make comparative statements to you? I think that I am more sensitive to comparative statements because I'm a twin. What is your perception of comparative statements?
1: I don't think I don't think singletons get comparative uh, statements from people very often at all. Right. I think that um, as a brother of twins, the comparative things I was asked were, frankly, about you and your sister. Okay. Uh, so <sighs> I think that we still compare ourselves to others, but. Yeah, I I don't think it's as much of our daily reality, honestly, as it is for twins.
0: Do you feel like you compared yourself to other people? And I was thinking, knowing we were talking about comparison today, to think about how I've compared myself to you, Stephen. And for those of you guys who know me, you know how much I adore my little brother. And for those of you listeners who have not met him and whom I haven't talked to about him, I will tell you, I have always thought my little brother was like Superman, Like, I've always compared myself to Steven in thinking that I somehow missed the mark, you know, and he is an accomplished, he's a, he's a great guy, but as you know, we're all human. So Steven's no more Superman than any other man on the planet. But it's interesting, even thinking about how my comparison was more directed toward you in a lot of ways than even towards, toward Autumn, perhaps because I was trying so hard to differentiate. Hmm. I, compared myself to you, which then prompts me to think about comparison for you. How, like, if you have compared yourself, like what has been your standard thinking about your different careers or you don't need to talk about that, but what has been your standard of comparison?
1: Well, I think that some people are motivated by comparison. I think that competition can be a strength, but I don't think that that's true for everyone. Personally. When I think of situations where I've compared myself, if I start to feel diminished or less than, then I think that that's really an inward focus. Mm -hmm. Um, I can think of a few examples where I've had peers or friends who have become very successful Mm -hmm. and I have had to focus my attention on the fact that I care about them and I want the best for them. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this is really what you're going for, but... I, I've tried to leverage comparisons in a way that motivates me. I think that if we compare ourselves to other human beings, uh, it can be a motivating thing because it gives you an attainable, realistic goal. You mm-hmm. know, if I were to compare my brain to artificial intelligence, I would be doomed for failure. Mm-hmm. But if I compare what I'm doing and maybe my learnedness or something with another person who I see reading a lot of books, it can motivate me to read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I don't, I don't think I have a great answer on comparisons. I have always been competitive and I've always tried to leverage that in a positive way, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs>
0: that makes sense. And it strikes me too because I think it comes back to mindset sometimes. Like, are we using comparison to spur us on or are we using that as our standard? Like, if I'm thinking I need to attain these things that for me are not attainable because of who I am, then that becomes not effective and creates condemnation or a story in my mind that somehow I'm failing. But if I'm looking at people with a growth mindset so that they're spurring me on and it makes me think of what the apostle Paul said, going back to Paul, Hmm. he said, imitate me. And I know I've said that in a previous podcast, but he said, imitate me because he knew he wanted to be his best self. He wanted to glorify God. Yeah. So he said, imitate me, not do all the things that I do.
1: Yeah, that's but, good.
0: And so I, I kind of think that that is where comparison can be a positive thing when we say, huh, you know.
1: Sure. I just, um, when you were speaking and I remembered a situation where comparison was a very negative thing in my life, actually. So hmm. Growing up, uh, we attended a school that I felt was from a more affluent neighborhood than we were from. Mm. And I compared the cars we drove to school in, the house that I left each morning to those that I saw among my peers. Mm. And that really shut me down. I did not invite kids over to my house okay. in, in junior high. And that was an example of, I think, a really damaging uh Effective comparison.
0: Yeah. So. I think competition and comparison hit men and women differently. Yeah. Obviously.
1: Hmm.
0: But I'm thinking about going back to what you were saying about blessing someone that you care for that has achieved a certain goal that maybe you would like. You didn't say it in quite those words. But Hmm. I think going back to my own heart motive, if I... And wishing someone well, Mm -hmm. I think that that's an indicator that comparison is in a healthy place. Mm -hmm. If I'm having some jealousy or just a little twinge of not wanting well for that person. Absolutely. I think that's where competition or comparison is unhealthy. And that for me, that's where I have to keep surrendering my heart and my motives. Yeah. And just kind of doing a check rather than looking out there. Not to overanalyze or ruminate. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm kind of talking in circles, but
1: no, I agree 100% that, um, I, I think that we naturally are people that compare and, um, we compare ourselves with each other just to see how are we doing? What are we measuring up? A child will compare himself to older siblings or a parent, um, hoping that someday they can attain that. Mm-hmm. But if you start to allow it to cripple you or make you feel less than or get you super self-focused, then yeah, I think it's time to evaluate what types of feelings you're harboring toward the individual that you're making your comparisons with. So mm-hmm. if I look at my successful friend and I just feel envy, is that going to lead me to actually hoping that they're no longer successful or that something bad comes along? Mm-hmm. That That's pretty damning you know, and that's a pretty good flashlight into my own soul. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just comparing and going, Ooh, I'm a little jealous that that's something that I'm going to attain for. And it helps me set some realistic goals mm-hmm. or develop some practices in my life that might lead me. Then that's a gift in my life to have somebody to look to, to actually be able to, um, maybe ask them, how did you do that? Or how did you get there? You know, and I think God puts things in our lives to help us, uh, set goals, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, um, so I think that comparison can be a positive thing.
0: That's why for me coming back to Romans eight, one, which I quote all the time that says there's no condemnation. So looking back to the Lord and even going back to Psalm 139, where it says, I created you in the innermost being your innermost parts in your mother's womb, you know, you can't go, you can't depart from my presence. When I frame it with that in mind, that I believe that God created each one of us uniquely and individually, I can step outside then of myself. And if I am having that feeling of jealousy or bitterness or not wishing someone well, rather than stuffing that down and saying, I'm not going to do that, Hmm. I can receive. There's no condemnation for that. I can look back to the cross and the unique way that God created me. Yeah, And use that as an opportunity to confess even, to refocus, hmm. and to know that I'm uniquely created, that I do not need to be threatened by someone else's success or talent, or I do not need to feel bad about how I'm perceiving myself to fall short. Hmm. So I just want to even pause right now and ask you listeners if there's, just take a little check, hit the stop button for a second, and hmm. consider whether or not there is someone that comes to mind right now that you are harboring a lack of goodwill for. Is there someone that you do not want to bless because somehow you feel threatened by them? Mm -hmm. And you know what? To be honest, there are still people. This morning I had the opportunity on my walk with one of my dear friends to confess and release some lack of pure heart motive. I was harboring a little bit of offense Mm -hmm. and comparison. And so that's not to... Put any shame or guilt on us, but just checking our hearts, and that just comes to my mind, Stephen. Because how often do I use comparison? Is then I feel bad about comparing. Oh, I shouldn't compare. I shouldn't feel guilty. Rather than looking at, hey, there's an opportunity to come back to the cross yeah. to confess and to pray for them, to pray for blessing, even yeah. if I might not even want it at the moment. To practice.
1: So you know? let me. Um, I bounce the question back to you as a twin Mm -hmm. do you feel like twins by nature because I do Mm -hmm. I see my daughters and my daughters actually have taken very different paths I think to avoid comparison Mm -hmm. and um, do you think that twins have a tendency to compare more because you're constantly looking almost like in a mirror to look at what you're good at or what your flaws mm-hmm. are, things like that. I'm just curious.
0: I think absolutely. And I feel like you and Lisa have done a really good job of, from the very early on, giving them a place to differentiate. And, but I think naturally twins do compare, especially because you do, if you're identical, look a lot alike. You're the same age. You have a lot of the same story. Hmm. I know mom and dad for Autumn and me, they inadvertently cultivated competition, and there are often comparative statements made, and I think it's especially the case with twins. Hmm. So I do think it's inevitable yeah, because you are essentially – I mean – A little more of Autumn's in my story. I didn't breathe for three minutes. You know that. So my mom and dad, right off the bat, were using Autumn as a gauge for whether or not I had some learning limitations because they were concerned about my oxygen levels. And then Autumn had a heart murmur. Mm. So they were using me to gauge Autumn's physical prowess, if you will. Mm. So right off the bat, we were set up to be compared from mom and dad. Mm. And then I think honestly, too, sometimes the church is a breeding place for comparison. And Perhaps that's the world at large, but I really think in our church of origin, we were constantly being compared. There yeah. were comparative statements. You are smarter, yeah. you are prettier, you are you know more Bible verses, you are da da da. And it was not purposeful, but it definitely right. yeah. perpetrated a story in my mind that there was a right way to be, mm-hmm. that I needed to be certain things, and that there was a more desirable personality, a more desirable external and more desirable
1: yeah. service
0: a more desirable job a more desire, you know, I could go down the list. Yeah. yeah.
1: You got, so. you and Autumn kind of had a double whammy of comparison because I feel like our family compared itself. If I compared anything growing up, I compared our family unit mm. to other family units. Okay. I didn't feel the comparison within the family unit. And so If you're like me and compare our family to other families. And then in addition to that, you're comparing yourself to somebody inside the family. That's a lot of comparison going on.
0: That's a lot of comparison.
1: So that is very interesting. One other thing that just came to my mind is I think that comparison is contrasted with admiration. Mm -hmm. So if I think back to the friend that I threw out there as an example, who's who's been very successful in business, if I compare myself to him, then that's kind of a me focus. And, and like I said, I think that that can actually be a positive thing. It can be motivating, but it's still focused on me. Mm. But if I admire him and I contrast comparison with admiration, I think that that's others focus. So if there's something in particular that somebody has done that you'd be, that you may be jealous of, or you may want to compare yourself to, I think that turning that into admiration is a really positive way of harnessing comparison or f- focusing comparison outward. Mm-hmm. Cause it's great to admire a friend. And then that, um, is something that we can use for anyone that kind of steps on that, um, self esteem or like, Mm -hmm. like what am I, I'm not as good as others. Well, it's time to start admiring maybe what all those things are that other people do. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing wrong with a little admiration.
0: I really like that Stephen, And I think it comes back to confidence and security and identity being grounded in who we each are as unique individuals. And I think sometimes, We expect more of ourselves than is reasonable in our culture, just maybe humanity at large, like the recognition that we each get to grow and bloom, if you will, even like flowers. I think we forget, you know, you sort of come to a certain age and then all of a sudden, boom, you're supposed to be an adult. Like I'm 53 now. And part of what has been so delightful for me in the last couple of years is recognizing how much more growing and learning I have to do, Hmm. that there are... Plenty of things that I would love to have accomplished, but I haven't. Yeah. But then I'm not limited by anything other than what is in front of me in this very moment. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, I get to be a secure, intact person this very moment and quit looking outward at how all of everyone else is doing or blooming. Right. I can look in admiration. Yeah. Rather than in comparison. Mm-hmm. So, it makes me think of Galatians six, where it says, each of you must examine your own actions. Then you can be proud of your own accomplishments without comparing yourself to others. And that goes Mm. back to just saying, you know what, I'm going to look at what standard I'm being held to before myself and the Lord and those I love around me, you know, going back to loving God first, loving others. What standard am I striving for? Hmm. But we're okay. You're okay. (laughs) I'm okay. Like truly. Yep. You know, who did I ever think I was supposed to be? So I know I say it every single time I'm on the podcast. The conversations are fun and there's so much more we could unpack. But I'm wondering, Stephen, if you have any last thought.
1: Uh, so I just want to share real quick that we twin associate people have a special bond. So <laughs> if I run into someone in a parking lot and I see that they have twins, mm. I'll be like, oh, my sisters are twins. And I usually won't throw on, and so are my daughters. Okay. But I wait because I know he's going to say, oh, yeah, my aunts are twins. And then i will be like, oh, yeah, my daughters are also <laughs> twins. And he'll be like, our cousins are blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And twins definitely run in clusters. Mm-hmm. And when I run into people with twins, there tend to be multiple twins in their lives. And it's just something fun to have in common.
0: hmm Thank you, Stephen, and it's pretty special to have you as a brother, and I want to thank you for listening today, and I hope and pray that you will go with the love and blessing of the Lord, that you will compare yourself to no one other than the person that He has created you to be, knowing that there is more and more freedom, love, joy, blessing, peace, provision for you in Christ.